0: Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. Father, we just thank you, Lord God. We praise you and we bless you. Father, I just pray for your people right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to perceive what the Spirit of the living God is saying that we might turn and be healed. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to be manifested in this house, God. You've established the Word of God in the heavens. Now establish it in our hearts, Father, and do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask, think, or imagine. God, give us a revelation of the process. And help us to walk in the fullness of God. We thank you and we praise you. And we believe, Father, you're going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. Be glorified and exalted in this house. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all of God's people said? Amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. God is so good. I want to talk to you this morning about being processed. Amen. I want to talk to you about being processed. This is this is uh, as we've been reading through Genesis 39 and we've gone through the book of Genesis and now we're in the book of Exodus as a church this story of Joseph captured in my heart and I want to talk to you about being processed. When we are being processed, we have to realize that God is working on us. God is trying to do something in us and God's trying to do something through us. It is rare that God's hand hands you something without bringing you through a process are through a journey, amen? Before God brought Moses to become a deliverer, he brought him through a 40-year process. Everyone say 40 years. And when God gave someone a kingdom without a process, he aborted it. That was King Saul. God gave him the kingdom of Israel, but because he had not been processed, he was not ready to walk through the fullness of what God had for him. But God says, I'm not going to do that again. Then he raises David up and brings him through a 20-year process. And David has a kingdom without end. It is eternal, and Jesus Christ is the fulfillment and the manifestation of the inheritance of what happens when God processes a man or a woman of God. Look at your neighbor and say, God has us in the process. In the process. But I want to tell you, being processed is important. Look at your neighbor and say, it's important. it's important. See, because you will become very frustrated if you do not allow God to process you. You will become frustrated if you do not go through or walk through the process. I remember 2005 to 2013 was some of the hardest years of my life because God was trying to bring me through a process, but the problem I had is I didn't have eyes to see that he was processing me not for what was in the moment, but for the things that were yet to come. Amen? See, when you're walking through the process, your process is not about the right now. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about right now. It's not about the right now struggles. It's not about the right now problems. It's not about the right now difficulties. The process is what God is trying to do in you and who he's trying to make you for what he has prepared for you. Mm. And something, somebody got that. He is trying to prepare you for what, he is trying to process you for what he has prepared for you. And I believe there are a bunch of people in this room who are being processed. And I want to give you some keys to understanding the process. Because if you don't understand the power of the process, then you will not understand the power of the journey, the power of the growth, and the power of the development that happens when God is trying to process a man or a woman of God. Look at your neighbor say, it's the process. Process. I want to give you five components. Of being processed from the life of Joseph that we can take away. If you can utilize, if you can integrate, if you can take a hold of these five components of being processed, it will prevent you from walking in a place of frustration. It will prevent you from misinterpreting what God is trying to do in you and do through you for what he has prepared for you. Somebody's gonna get it today. So let's talk about the five components of being processed. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Genesis chapter 39 and verse 2. I'm going to start there. I'm going to give you the five components from the life of Joseph of how God was processing this man and the same process that he usually brings us through. Number one, you have to recognize who is on your side. You have to recognize who is on your side. Joseph has a dream, and God has given him a vision. He shares with his father and his mother and his brothers and sisters, or his brothers, he shares the vision that God has for them. As a result of jealousy, they throw him into a pit with the intention of killing him, but by the grace of God, he was not put to death. But then he was brought to a place where he was sold into slavery, and in a difficult place, and in a hard place, God gave him one of his first points of recognition that he was with him here in verse 2. Genesis 39 verse 2 says this, and the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Amen? It is sometimes in the difficult place that your greatest revelation that God is with you is going to come into your life. Because many of us have said, God, I want to know that you're with me. I'm praying, Lord. I'm seeking your face. I'm fasting. Lord, where are you? And then God will put you into the furnace. And he said, I am right here in the midst of the furnace with you because you didn't have eyes to see me when things were going well. But right here in the place of difficulty, I'm revealing to you that I am with you here in the process. Come on, somebody. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this, Moses says, be strong and courageous. He says, do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. See, this is a promise of God that is not based upon circumstance. It's not based upon situation. It's not based upon happenstance. It doesn't mean if the sun is out and things are going good or if the rain clouds are coming and things are flooding. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and your circumstances do not determine God's willingness to be by your side no matter what you're going through. See, you need to understand that faith is not circumstantial. Faith is based on the one who said that he was going to stand with you no matter what the circumstances happen to be. It's It's important that you recognize. Your ability to recognize God supporting you and backing you is your key to victory and is the foundation for you growing stronger in the process. See, when you understand God is with me and he is processing me, it will prevent you from becoming frustrated at things that's outside of your control. Mm. See, because we get frustrated when we can't control things. Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. Let it go. let, Let go of the steering wheel. Come on, you almost wrecked the car 10 times. Let go of the steering wheel. The Lord's like, I got this. And you reaching across from the passenger side trying to, Lord, you don't know what you're doing. God says, let go of the steering wheel. I got this. Stop being frustrated. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to repeat that again. God says, I got this. Stop being frustrated. I know what I'm doing. Number two, the second part of the process is this. Let God elevate you to new levels of opportunity, even in adverse places. God knows how to elevate you to new levels of opportunity in adverse places. Joseph is a slave. He's not a free man. He's a slave in a foreign country learning a language he does not know amongst the people who do not respect him for who he is. And yet, because God was with him, God began to elevate him and promote him and do something in him that superseded his situation. Your situation is not as great as your God as long as you don't exalt and elevate your situation. Stop looking at what's happening around you and start looking at the God who's working in you because God's trying to do something through you. Amen? Stop complaining about your coworkers. Stop complaining about your boss. Stop complaining about the governor. Stop complaining about this and that. That's not determining what's going to happen around you. God has decided what he wants to do. He just wants to know, does his people have eyes to see and ears to hear what he's speaking so that they can tap into what heaven's trying to facilitate in the environment? You had a slave become the most powerful man in the house because of the God who he served, who was with him in the situation that was unfortunate and difficult. (laughs) Slaves don't run nothing, but Joseph was running the house because God was with him. And not only was God with him, but God was developing him, cultivating, shaping, and molding a man of God in a place of adversity because Joseph's final destination was not Potiphar's house. Joseph's final destination was the palace and running the entire nation. See, because when you understand in your proce- you're in the process, you will begin to have eyes to see beyond your circumstances. When I played ball, <laughs> the worst time of the year's two days was camp, August. See, y'all have all of this, this beautiful, nice California sun. It's like 100 degrees, but it's dry heat. This is beautiful. I'm like, just stay out of the sun and you won't sweat. This is so awesome. I'm like, wow, this is why we have to pay extra $500,000 for houses. It's the it's the weather. That's what's going on. It's the weather. Hallelujah. Who would have knew? And I remember being at a camp one year. It was a 112-degree heat index. We had so many players passing out. That they literally had to ship these these athletes, elite athletes, to the emergency room because they were dehydrating and all of these things. And all of this, this stuff was was happening. I forgot the point of my story, so praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. This beautiful sun just, just made my memory just leave me. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. Amen. They left the building. (laughs) Amen. So let's talk about Joseph again. (laughs) Genesis 39 and verse 3 says this it says, and when His master saw that the Lord's hand was with him, that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. And Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. Amen? God wants you to thrive in adversity. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to thrive in adversity. Psalm 92, 12 says this, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like cedars of Lebanon. Stop letting your circumstance dictate your attitude, your mindset, your belief or whether God is with you or not or whether God's working through you or not. Your circumstance is not the dictator. God is, and if God is for you and God is working with you and God is in you, then the environment you are in, it must change because it's impossible for God to come into a situation and for it to remain the same way it was before God showed up. Amen? God is the X factor of whatever environment you step into. When I graduated from Bible college, I remember working at a shoe store, and literally, this was the team that I worked with, the lady who I worked with who ran the store, she was bipolar. I worked with a young guy. He was a transgender. I worked with another lady. She was a homosexual. I worked with another lady. She was a backslidden Jehovah's Witness, a drug addict, and an alcoholic. And I worked with uh, uh, another person that was in another girl who was a Wiccan who was in witchcraft. And God dropped me as a spirit-filled Christian coming out of Bible college in that environment. And he said, son, go and take the land. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, can you just give me like a normal work environment? Like, just a guy who likes to eat a little bit too much McDonald's on the weekend. Like, cause we start with, like, someone like that guy says no. And before I ended my time working at that, that shoe store, I had the opportunity to witness to every single person on that staff I had a chance to personally pray for and lay hands on every single person on that staff and give them a witness of Jesus Christ. And whenever they were in tragedy, when we worked one-on-one at the store, they would make sure no one was around, and they would say, John, I have some things going on in my life. Can you please pray for me? The wicked the homosexual girl, the transgender guy, the backslidden Jehovah's Witness who was a drug addict and an alcoholic, and my bipolar store manager. Every single one of them, I had a chance to bring the gospel because my de- environment did not determine the power of my God and what he was able to do in an adverse circumstance. Amen stop looking at the people at your job saying oh no there's no hope no get up early in the morning begin calling them by name and say jesus you're greater than the stuff that's going on in their lifestyle and when i step into that building when i step into that room when i step into that workshop you are going to go there with me and they must come under the subjection to authority of the kingdom of god and the spirit of the god that lives on the inside of me amen Look at your neighbor and say, my God is mighty. (laughs) Which leads to our third point, which I kind of hit already. Everyone around you should be blessed just because you are in the room. When Joseph stepped into the room, Potiphar's household changed. When Joseph stepped into the prison, the prison changed. When Joseph stepped into the palace, the palace changed. Nowhere stayed the same that Joseph went because God's spirit was with him. And everywhere you go, the room must change and must be blessed because you were there. Amen? Genesis 39.5 says this from the time, speaking of Joseph, he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned. The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph, and the blessings of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in his house and in his field. This is the power of servanthood. This is the power of when a servant of the Most High God joins a company, your company is supposed to improve just because you are on their employment staff. Amen? As the Christian, you should not be the worst person in the room. Oh, come on. I know. Uh, There goes Sally again. Oh, my God. Jesus. She take an hour and a half break for 15 minutes, shows up 30 minutes late, and then want to leave the work 45 minutes early, but she tried to tell me Jesus loved me every time she walks into the office. oh, oh. That's not y'all, it's the church up the street that do stuff like that. You will never do anything like that. Amen? Be the hardest worker in the room. Be the, let them envy you because you work so hard and you bring glory. When you go to work, let Jesus receive glory because you do it unto the Lord, not unto man. <clears throat> the power of servanthood. Number four, the fourth thing, when you are going through the process, you must recognize that big lights attract big bugs. Oh, and when, you, when you're being processed, big lights will attract big bugs. See, God's doing something in you. God's doing something through you. You went through these 14 days of fasting and prayer. God's anointing is on you. Come on, the, the glory is resting on you like a light bulb. You're glowing everywhere you go. You're looking young. You, you hit the fountain of youth. You're just stepping into the place, strutting like a peacock. I mean, you just like everything is good. And as God is blessing Joseph and elevating him, and he's walking through this process because God's working on the inside of him, then happens verse 6 of Genesis 39. It says, so Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care, and with Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except for the food he ate. And now Joseph was well built and handsome, and here come the bugs. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed to me, but Joseph, but the Bible says, but he refused, amen. Amen. Come on, when you begin to elevate and God's processing you, get ready for nonsense and temptation to come your way. But you have to be like Joseph, say, I refuse to compromise what God's doing in me and through me because the work that he's doing is too great to throw it away with a bunch of nonsense. Amen. first corinthians ten thirteen says this it says no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and god is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it amen just because they come with the nonsense does not mean you have to be a partaker of the foolishness amen You need to tell somebody to get up and get out. You need to leave me alone. Keep it moving. I'm not participating. Find somebody else because God has too much destiny on my life to be playing around you. You a bug, and I don't play around with bugs. Amen? (laughs) The power of no. Say no today to whatever is coming against you so you can say yes to your tomorrow. You got to say no today so you can say yes to your tomorrow. You got to look at the big prize. Where is God trying to bring you? And is it worth throwing away over nonsense? And I would submit to you the answer is no. Number 5. And the final thing that God does with you when he is bringing you through the process Let your integrity keep you and let God prove you blameless. Amen? Verse 19, it says, When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me he burned with anger and Joseph's master took him and put him in prison and the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him and he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. You have to recognize it doesn't matter where Joseph was, what someone said to him, what someone did to him, how people treated him. He always found himself on top of the situation because he knew who his faith and his confidence was in and he knew who was fighting his battles. He wasn't fighting against his brothers. He wasn't fighting against Potiphar. He wasn't fighting against Potiphar's wife. He wasn't fighting against a prison warden. He was fighting for his destiny, and he had the ability to keep his eyes on the big picture of what God was doing in spite of the circumstances surrounding him. And because he could keep his eyes on the big picture, he always acted according to where God was bringing him, not according to where he currently was at. There are some battles you need to let God fight because God's doing something in you greater. Amen? There are some things that you have to submit to God because what God is doing with you and through you is bigger than the circumstance. I would even tell you, look at your neighbor and say, stop trying to defend yourself. You know what Joseph didn't do? Joseph did not go into the prison and and tell everybody a soliloquy of how he shouldn't have been in prison. I can't believe I'm in here. This woman lied on me. She was checking me out, but I really didn't have nothing to do. I mean, he didn't go into a soliloquy. He recognized God's doing something in me, and I'm just going to keep letting God elevate me even in this prison because the next step was the palace. But he doesn't get to the palace if he's not faithful in the prison, if he's not faithful in Potiphar's household, if he's not faithful in his own household. He gets to the palace because he stayed consistent with what he was supposed to do because what God was doing in him was greater than what was happening around him. Amen? Amen? 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 says this, but the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. There's nothing that the devil is trying to bring against you in this season that's greater than what God can protect you from and how he's able to keep you. Amen? Listen, if you go out of the furnace, you're going to come out Because God's, number one, going to bring you out, but you're going to come out with a greater revelation of who God is and who he wants to be in your life. A faith that is tested, a faith that is tried, is a faith that can be trusted. A faith that is tested, a faith that is tried is a faith that can be trusted because that faith will not break under the, the test of trials and temptation, but that faith will stand strong no matter what adversity it faces because it's already going through the fire. And God wants to bring a couple of us through the refiner's fire. He wants to bring us through the processing uh, plant so that when he puts us somewhere, we're not going to break, but people will know Jesus because they see him in us and they see him through us. Psalm 23.5 says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. The very guy that put Joseph in prison was the same one that had to watch him go into the palace. Amen. The same woman that falsely accused him and saw him thrown in prison was the same one that had to see him run the entire nation. Why? Because God will make a table for you in the presence of your enemies. What is God doing? Come on. What is God doing in your life where he's trying to show up and show out on your behalf? You just have to stay still and walk through the process. This is the importance of faith in God. I said this a couple of weeks ago, but can you trust God when you can't trace Him? Can you trust God when you can't trace Him? Can you trust God when God may remain silent in the middle of your test? You know, my wife told me yesterday, she said to me, she said, God had me in the test in 2023 and He remained silent. He didn't speak to me the whole year. Because the teacher never speaks while you're going through your final exam. Ooh. Oh, snap. When you're going through a final exam, the room is quiet. The teacher's not speaking, giving instructions. The teacher's waiting. Go ahead and finish the test. And then when you're done, we're going to go over the answers. I'm going to let you know what you got right and what you got wrong. Amen. You may be in the season where you're like, God, you're quiet. God says, I know because you're walking through the test. You're being processed. I have to remain silent because what I put in you in the last season is now being tested in this current season. And how you respond in this current season will determine what you can step into in your next season. Ooh. I don't know about you, but when I go through something, I only, if it's hard, I only want to go through one time. I don't want to go to the DMV twice. I just want to go one time. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) If you can value the process and allow God to grow you through the journey, he will bring you into new rooms and the promises you will receive and the blessings you will experience your mind cannot fathom. The palace is on the other side of you being processed by God. Amen? Today, I want to help you to move from a place of frustration to a place of faith. I want you to move from a place where you feel like, God, you've abandoned me, to say, God, you are processing me. I want you to, come on, I want you to move from a place... What well, you think God doesn't know where he, what he's doing, to say, God, you are so positioning me to step into the next season of my life. You know exactly what you're doing. I just have to keep calm and allow you to finish the good work you began in me. You are going to bring to completion. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the Word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you, and we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.